Hello, hello, and welcome back to For Book's Sake. I am Heather Roberts. I am Veronica Adams, and we are 1852 Media. We are, and today we are going to be talking about a very hot topic in the publishing world, AI. AI. And we are actually going to dive a little bit into the legal cases that are ongoing right now regarding AI. Veronica and I happen to be licensed attorneys. Disclaimer, we are not your attorney. This is not legal advice. Yes, nothing we say today is legal advice. (laughs) This is our opinions and uh, commentary on these public Mm -hmm. complaints and issues. So yeah, I mean, I think that this is really interesting and how it's going to affect publishing. Uh, There is an actual lawsuit from the Authors Guild, um, per my understanding. Yes. Uh, I read the one from the New York Times uh, because I felt like that was really Mm -hmm. one of the most, I don't know, probably one of the biggest names out there right now Right. Right. who's suing. Also the most recent filing, I think, right? Didn't they just just file their complaint back in December, December, right after Christmas? Yeah. 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 So nothing really has happened yet because I don't even think it's been 30 days since they filed. So no... You know, answer has been filed yet, to my knowledge, uh, as of the taping of this podcast. <laughs> but we'll keep you in the loop. I, I think the allegations amongst all of them yes. are pretty consistent. Yes. A lot of commonalities. And a lot of commonalities. Uh, some, some very specific differences in the law and in the legal analysis that will happen in the courts. But like right. the general facts of most of these cases are pretty similar. And so, well, let's just talk about the New York Times one briefly. So they were, they filed in the United States District Court for the Southern District of New York. And that makes a difference. Uh, I think New York is a really prominent jurisdiction uh, where a lot of people look to to for, you know, precedent creating, even if it's not binding precedent to your court. These are opinions that come out of that court tend to be looked at with uh, a little bit more of a critical eye and prestige. Uh, so I, I think that that's important. And that's also so the Southern District of New York is known for their um, their that's where all of the the money make that's where Wall Street is. That's yes. where a lot of financial crimes happen. Right. So prominent because it is the jurisdiction the federal jurisdiction over Manhattan and I think right. all of all five boroughs of New York City that tri-state area if yes. you will. So it's very prominent in that yes. regard because a lot yes. of high pri- high profile gosh Heather <laughs> cases are brought there and decided Business, there. Finance, yes. politics, I mean just about every industry you can think of and now here we right. are with tech and publishing. Right. And which is really interesting because when you think tech, you think California, you Absolutely. think, you know, maybe yeah. even Seattle, right? But sure. uh, you do not think New York, but Bay Area, York. Seattle, maybe Austin now. Yeah. Uh, but the New York Times is obviously located yeah. in New York. So they are able to pull jurisdiction. Right. Uh, there. Sort of a home, home court advantage for them in this regard. Right. And their complaints are pretty simple. It's a, I think, 69-page complaint, which, you know, haha, uh, I'm 12. But 
<laughs> you were it's, only you you were only saying what we were both thinking. Exactly. But you know, the the actual allegations are pretty simple. They're the allegations, they're suing Microsoft and OpenAI and OpenAI's like conglomerate of businesses because yes. they have like multiple a, a multiple, yeah, multiple iterations of of OpenAI governing different things. So micro, they're suing Microsoft because Microsoft has a partnership with OpenAI yes. that's pretty longstanding. And Microsoft is created the computer infrastructure that is hosting OpenAI, that is making OpenAI's ChatGPT right. exist. These artificial intelligence platforms have to exist somewhere on the web, which means someone is hosting them and someone built them. And Microsoft right. happens to be the responsible party in that sense. Correct. So that's why Microsoft's involved for anybody yes. that's concerned or curious about that. And their complaints are essentially that the New York Times is a longstanding journal, you know, journalism. I can't speak today. Okay, Heather, let's think. The New York Times... Is Perhaps a very the most prominent newspaper yes. in all of the United States. A very upstanding, yes. you know, thought thought of well newspaper that does a lot of investigative journalism. Yes. They do a lot of uh, reports that have actual impact upon society, yes. meaning that they have helped, you know, make law changes. Yes. They've helped break scandals that have. The- the queen of the fourth estate would be the gray lady in this country. Yeah. You know, like you just cannot. And this sidestepping, I, you know, things about ideology and bias in journalism and reporting now. Sure. There just is not a, I would argue that the New York times is the flagship newspaper yeah. of the United States. There just isn't a more prominent or preeminent journalism outlet in our country. And they really pride themselves on the fact that they have integrity in yes. news reporting. Sure. And so They're whether you're doing it old school, they've kept yeah. their ethics. Like it's, they yeah. have a whole ethics guideline. They have a style guide as mm-hmm. to how things are supposed to be written. Yes. That is occasionally modified for, to make things more modern and, and whatnot. They go into all of that in a lawsuit. Uh, they have employees that they yeah. pay they have uh, th- these employees. Some of them are investigating a specific topic for years yes. or months or, or what have Their you. Their entire career with the Times is one particular story or one right. sub stories. Yeah, and they're get- the Times is paying them during this time in order to do that investigative journalism work. So there, it's not without cost. And the Times they have a whole system of how they make money. Uh, they have a paywall system on their website. Yes, that digital content. Digital content. You get a certain amount of free articles and then you have to pay. I'm sure we've all- Most of us have probably hit a New yeah. York Times paywall at one point or another <laughs> exactly. in our lives. Right. Yeah. But that's how they're making money. And that's how they're able to stay in existence when so many newspapers have you know, fallen. Uh, because of the rise of the internet and digital news. So they are really at the forefront, right? And they've invested a lot into making sure that they have integrity and that their brand stays their brand. Right. And their basic complaint is that what ChatGPT does, open, I'll say open AI because it governs 
all of the sort of AI brands that fall right. underneath of it. Uh, what OpenAI is doing is taking their content and giving it away for free and not well and or sometimes charging because OpenAI has some free content that it, it allows users to go on. You can go on, you know, openai.com and do chat GPT, or you can go on Bing and do some searches. And so you can get some information for free, but they are also now charging people, you know, $20, $30 a month for the better open AI, you know, AI generators, chat generators. And Microsoft is now introducing into their software uh, you know, AI components that they are now charging consumers $30 a month to access these components. And the problem is when they go to, you know, a prompt is given, you can very easily get New York Times copyrighted material. Literally word for word. Literally word for word. Which would otherwise be behind a paywall. In, in my legal opinion, perhaps the most damning lawsuit yet to be filed yeah. against any of these AI companies because it is in many cases the receipts that the times brought oh yeah it is word for word from articles published by and to whom the copyright is owned by the journalist mm -hmm. and the times like it's just it is damning yes it very. is there's no oh well we took a sentence here we did it no it is verbatim yes Scraped straight from the Scraped article. Scraped straight from the article. They had they came with receipts. Yeah. And not only that, but they have evidence showing that the data that was used to train these AI modules mm -hmm. came from the New York Times. They came from many other places as well. They came yes. from Wikipedia. They came from The Guardian. They came mm -hmm. from, like, there's a whole list of the top places that right. were scraped, if you will, uh, for data learning sets. But the New York Times is one of the more prominent ones there. They're sure. like, I think the, they said that out of all of the information, out of all the data, it's like, it's over 1% of the data if from this particular module set is from the New, York, the New Times. York Times. Yeah. Like that is so statistically significant. That's, that's mind blowing. It really is. When you think about it, that is actually quite statistically significant. When you're thinking about how much data is being and shoved into the, these well, learning sets. All of the places on the internet where data is available, right? Like because right. Most stories are not exclusive to the New York Times unless right. there's some sort of, you know, breaking investigative situation, which does happen. Yeah. But generally speaking, a lot of reporting is done on like the AP wire, right? So right. multiple outlets pick up these stories and multiple journalists are writing, multiple ed ed editors are headlining and multiple outlets are publishing both in print and on the web, roughly the same content. And yet 1% can be yeah. sourced from or traced back to the New York Times. Let me see if I can find that is incredible because I found that really shocking. Shocking. Hold on. Do 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 do. Almost one. But yeah, it it is truly very interesting and. 
the issue also, so they go through like how many users they each have and, you know, the fact that they're not linking, you know, or anything giving to the New York Times. New shape or form. Right. right. Like if you otherwise searched on Google for something, you'd be linked to the New York Times article, right? Okay. There it is. As part of their web text too. Okay. Web text too um, consists of, it's one of the data sets. This gets really technical. I don't want to get technical, but web text too was weighted uh, 22% in the training mix for GPT-3 and times content accounts for 1.23% of all sources listed in open web text too. So that's the exact quote. Holy shit. Yeah. Which OpenAI describes WebText 2 as a quote unquote high quality data set that is quote an expanded version of the WebText data set collected by scraping links over a longer period of time, end quote. So they look at it as a high value right. data set. Right. Which obviously it is because it's been curated by the New York Times. Clearly. The other issue that the New York Times has is that it will, uh, I didn't actually know this term. So apparently, you know how like sometimes a uh, AI module will make things up? That is apparently called a hallucination. Which, yeah, exactly. The New York Times, they're like, it might be called a hallucination, but essentially it's misinformation. That's what it is. Uh, so they will, they they plugged in certain links of theirs, New York Times. Just and anything I, they can do to anthropomorphize this technology, right? Like humans right. have hallucinations and mammals have hallucinations. Like, yeah. Hmm, interesting. So sometimes the AI will get it wrong. And they'll just make shit up. That's what a hallucination is, where they just make shit up. So the New York Times also found instances where they would say, like, there was an article that they put in about, like, I don't know, the top 15 healthiest, blah, 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 right? And they the prompt was, you know, can you summarize the top, you know, the top 15 healthiest from this New York Times article? And it spits out names of like the healthiest foods that are, you would think as a user are what was named in the article. Not true. It just made shit up. It also, they asked if they could link to New York times articles about like about COVID-19, for example, and the AI module spit out a bunch of links that are false links. They don't exist. Those articles don't exist. The names of the articles don't exist the New York times never wrote those articles. So the New York times is like, that is also a problem. So <laughs> not only are you taking our information and stealing it, but you're, you're now attributing also attributing. Yes. You're attributing things to us that we never said, which is a major problem because we have integrity. We have this reputation in the industry that we are, you know, great and thorough and all of these things that we've already talked about. So, yeah, it's a really, really damning complaint. What a can of worms. Like, yeah. honestly, I mean, it's just a big old mess. And the lack a- of a, a more eloquent way to put it. The AP actually created a deal 
with OpenAI. They mm-hmm. have some sort of a partnership deal, which I would assume includes some type of attribution and or yes. royalty payments right. for their material. And the New York Times said that they tried to work. I had seen that in some of the early reporting on the lawsuit that they reached out to OpenAI and Microsoft and tried to negotiate something like back in the spring yeah. of 2023 before it became obvious that they were going to have to take legal action. Um, and there was absolutely no movement between the parties at all on how the Times' right. copyrights and reputation could be protected while Microsoft and OpenAI continued to use the data that they'd already basically stolen. stolen. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Stolen. So, I mean, this is going to have massive ramifications because sure. if this is found to be copyright infringement, which it is, spoiler alert. I mean, <laughs> what else is it? How can you say it's not? Judge Roberts presiding. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I am very interested to see the response on this. Yes. And the legal you know, lo- like, well, so it's, it's interesting because some of the other cases, the older cases that involve like graphics and images. Yeah. Some of those have not been received nearly as favorably as the issues surrounding the written word. Right. So journalism, right. the author's guild has filed a lawsuit as well, I believe on behalf of basically the entire network. <clears throat> Joined by several very prominent authors. Mm-hmm. George R.R. R. Martin, I want to say. I think so, yeah. James Patterson, maybe? I can't remember. Sarah Silverman has also filed a lawsuit on behalf of actors and screenwriters. Because essentially, what these companies have been doing, and I say companies with a broad brush here because it's right. multiple. It's not just open AI. John with these Grisham. AI John Grisham, not James Patterson. Yeah, John Grisham. Grisham. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, not John, not James Patterson, John Grisham. Jody Pico, too, is part of that lawsuit. They're essentially using torrent websites where screenplays and books and other published works are pirated Mm. to build their data sets. That's lovely. Yeah. Sarah Silverman's lawsuit, I believe, includes Meta. Mm. As a defendant, um, their Llama program, which is very similar to some of the, the text stuff that ChatGPT and Bard do, <clears throat> is alleged to have stolen, I mean, just outright stolen from these torrent websites and yeah. used that content to build their data sets. Um, I believe OpenAI is the defendant in the Authors Guild lawsuit, if I'm not mistaken discovered because an author was playing around with it when it first launched and asked for a poem to be written about a character he created and the amount of detail in the poem about the character himself was there was just too much detail it it was there was no way they could have known that but for have stolen their material right the yeah. prompt that was given to chat gpt was not as extensive as the amount of content chat gpt spit back out about the mm-hmm. character accurately yeah. right so the book or a bunch of information about the book had to be in chat gpt's data set 
for producing right. that poem. And it's true. I mean, they have 100% done this. I've not seen anyone come out and say, oh, no, we got it all legally. I Because you can't say yeah. that because you didn't. Well, the, the process... <laughs> The process of procuring every license you could possibly need to have done this legally would be so time-consuming. Right. It would be so so onerous. Yeah. They would have... This is is a clear case example of the tech world asking for forgiveness rather than permission. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be super expensive for them when it's over with. It really is. Because if you think about... just just thinking about damages, right? Because that's where my mind always goes with a lawsuit, yeah. right? Like, what Absolutely. are the damages? Absolutely. And the New York Times themselves, they're talking about how there is 100, 100 to 150 million users of just OpenAI mm-hmm. uh, when it, you know, first launched. That could be, that could have changed now. We could be up in the, you know, 200 million, what, what have you. And if you extrapolate the fact that people are now getting their information there and not yeah. the New York Times website, what type of lost revenue are is the New York Times unable to receive? Plus right. potentially uh, reputation damage from the fact that they're now giving misinformation that's attributed to the New York Times. Uh, there's just so many pieces here that have damage components to it For that sure. – could be really expensive, mm-hmm. really expensive. And the fact that Microsoft has really hitched its wagon wheel uh, to open AI, I don't, I don't know how they would be able to, you know, slither their way out of this lawsuit because they, re- there's some serious, Oh, sorry about that. That was a notification. I thought I turned this off that they have some quotes in there that are really damning uh, that really talk about how they've hitched their wagon wheel to open AI. And the fact they they can't walk those back now. That's not a walk. Also, it's true. So, (laughs) you know, right. It's going to be very hurtful financially if the New York times and these other Mm -hmm. places win these lawsuits and I think that some of these other courts might be waiting to see, you know, direction wise. I know they say like, you know, oh, we look at each case on its merits. Of course you do. But you also want to see what the other guy does. Of course. You know. Of course. So. There, for appellate judges, there's always that fear. Uh, not, I, I'm sure that not all of them carry this fear. But <laughs> sure. Uh, of being overturned on appeal, right? Like yeah. if, there's a, if there's a judge who can say, no, you decided wrong somewhere above you. You obviously want to avoid that, right? They like their stats to be good. Of course they do. Of course they do. Course they're they like, do. they're human. Well, and I think this is a situation where uh, SCOTUS is going to have to weigh in eventually one oh, way or the 100%, other. 100%. 100%. The New York Times case, I can't for the life of me see how it would get there based on the facts that we know that are public yeah. at this point. But I suppose it's possible that Microsoft or OpenAI could chase it all the way up if they yeah. don't prevail in the lower courts. I'm just, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. What interests me is that OpenAI was able to 
create these partnership deals with some other places, right? Yes. So the fact that the New York Times couldn't get a licensing deal with OpenAI really makes me question the terms of the other licensing deals. Right. What were these other places willing to settle for? Because that's, uh, it's got to be terrible. It's got to be really bad terms because I don't think the New York Times is overly greedy or anything like that. They probably just wanted to be paid appropriately for the use of their material. Right. I'm just wondering, what was the sticking point here? How, how how did these two companies fail to come to terms? Like what, what was the thing that the times required that OpenAI or Microsoft said absolutely no to? Right. Yeah. Oh, I will say, so OpenAI has res- responded to the um, complaint on their blog. I didn't mention that. I meant that they haven't actually filed an answer, like an actual legal document, they put they've, on, they've addressed it for PR purposes, but they yes. have not responded legally in the court of law. And they have said, we support journalism, partner with news organizations, and believe the New York Times lawsuit is without merit. So, and then they have a whole little breakdown and the New York Times is not telling the full story. Oh, Okay. This and they the claim that regurgitation is a rare bug that they are working to drive to zero. No, no, no. We have I, I just that that a complete, you, a complete disconnect from the society we have built up to this point and the, <clears throat> the civil laws that govern the protection of intellectual property. Long standing, right? Like mm-hmm litigated over generations in multiple cases since we became a country in the late 18th century. And these tech bros who think that the future is all that matters and that, you know, the rules and regulations can be bent or ignored, or we can just, you know, progress for the sake of progress, right? Like it's just such a disconnect between two completely different corners of our society. And I, listen, I don't, I don't want to sound like a grandmother here. I'm all for progress. And if AI too. has something to add to our culture and to make our lives easier, then by all means, we should carefully unleash it and start utilizing it where it can help us. Yes. But this is just a cash grab that hurts a bunch of people. I think you have legal rights yeah. to not be violated this way. So I think what's most concerning is the the data set use. Yeah. And the fact that it's very clear that the data sets were, were scraped here. Using all stolen content. All, all stolen, stolen content. content. All copyrighted content. I mean, the New York Times, that I think this is really important because a lot of journalists online journalists, people that just post on the internet or or what have you, maybe even some very prominent blogs may not copyright every single one of their articles. They may not. They probably don't. The New York Times though does. So they actually hold the copyright to their articles that they publish. 
And that is a real distinct difference here between a, potentially a lot of other places that are, are doing things like this. I think the, the publishing lawsuit, the, the Authors Guild one, I would say that they also likely hold the copyrights too. That is a very common practice when you publish yes. a book, you file a copyright. Yes. If you don't do that already, authors, you should. But for reasons just like this, it gives you that higher legal standing. Do you still own the copyright to it without filing of course you a do. copyright? Of course you do. But courts look at it a little bit differently. Uh, so their their response, though, I, I knew their response was going to be fair use. I'm really interested to see how they frame this legally, though, because I can read their PR response, right? which is their their little blog thing. And it brace, basically breaks down into, um, we, we view this lawsuit as an opportunity to clarify our business, our intent, and how we build our technology. Okay, but fair use. And yeah. I, don't know how, I don't know how into the weeds you want to go legally on this, but like most of the New York Times situation flies so far afield of the right. four principles of the fair use doctrine that it, it's almost insulting that they would yeah. claim it, you know? Yeah. Like find some other way to walk this back, but don't just regurgitate the law and claim that it's like, right. Oh, <sighs> it, it's yeah. frustrating. It's, it's super frustrating. And they, and they say that they provide an opt out because it's the right thing to do. I don't think that the New York times was ever given an option to opt out. Why, why weren't they opted out after your discussions with them dissolved in the spring right. of 2023? Like, yeah. wh- why weren't they opted out then? What do they say about that? They say that, that they were surprised by the lawsuit. Hold on. Where is that little thing? It's very, very amusing. Oh, our discussions with the New York Times had appeared to be progressing constructively through our last communication on December 19th. The negotiations focused on a high-value partnership around real-time display with attribution in ChatGPT in which the New York Times would gain a new way to connect with their existing and new readers, and our users would gain access to their reporting. They already have access to your reporting, so anyway. Um, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you're... Okay. We had explained to the New York Times that that news reporting is such a fundamental, like that's the foundation of their fair use claim here, right? Like like, it has to be because if they can't stand on that, they've done nothing else with the data that could be considered fair use. They say that we had explained to the New York Times that like any single source, their content didn't meaningfully contribute to the training of our existing models and also wouldn't be sufficiently impactful for future training. I find that hard to believe. That is a sentence. Uh, Their lawsuit on December 27th, which we learned about by reading the New York Times, came as a surprise and disappointment to us. Uh, Along the way- please, you have a registered agent on Fifth Avenue somewhere. You knew about it. You knew. Along the way, they had mentioned seeing some regurgitation of their content, but repeatedly refused to share any examples, despite our commitment to investigate and fix issues. We've demonstrated how seriously we treat this as a priority, such as in July when we took down a chat GPT feature immediately after we learned it could reproduce real-time content in unattended ways. They're saying that the regurgitations the New York Times induced uh, appear to be from years old articles that have proliferated on multiple third party websites. It seems that they intentionally manipulated prompts. 
blah, 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 blah. So that's where it's going to be, that they're cherry picking examples. That's their, that's their reply. However, that still does not get away from the fact that they used the data. Right. Without compensating them for it. So I feel like we're content. I feel like use it. And yeah. not compensate them for it. Like, it's right. a simple theft claim here, OpenAI. Come on this now. Is, we're arguing about the weeds here when we should be looking at the forest. Like, that's that's what the their New- response is going to be. Like, their response is, is tantamount to the New York Times was asking for it by wearing that short skirt and putting those articles yeah. up on third-party platforms. Like, correct. get out of here with that nonsense in the yeah. year 2024. It's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. And, oh my God. But I have to wonder again, like what their, what the sticking point was that if in, they were in negotiations on December 19th and mm-hmm. they felt for whatever reason that things were not progressing as they needed to be. So there's a couple reasons why you would file a lawsuit while you're in the middle of negotiations, right? Yes. One is that a statute of limitations is starting Absolutely. to run. So that could be potentially, there yes. could be you, some you key file thing. You complaint to prevent your claim from being time barred. Because if you don't yep. get it in on time, it's gone forever. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe they have an article or something. They have a smoking gun, if you will. Maybe there was a statute that was going to be running. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe they'd just been doing it for nine months and they were sick and tired of the BS and they decided that it was time to let the courts help them move things forward yes. because there was not going to be a private resolution between the parties. Like if you've that's asked, another reason you've ever had a disagreement with yeah. another human being, you know that that's a possibility. Like negotiations can, cannot compromise. Yeah. Negotiations could run on for two years and yeah. still have no resolution. And the courts yeah. tend to help speed things along. Ask any family law attorney. They will yeah. tell you. <laughs> right. Sometimes so, you just have to file. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to file and let the negotiations continue through the legal process. Exactly. I have a feeling that that's probably more likely that if they were in negotiations for months and didn't feel that they were getting any closer to a real resolution, yes. that they finally said, okay, we're just going to file and we'll continue the negotiations then. Right. Um, I don't I don't necessarily, because I feel like the copyright, they shouldn't be running. It's not like the copyrights are running out. You know what I mean? You can refile, mm-hmm. you can revive. Yes. So I don't, I don't really think the statute issue is relevant here. Um, but who knows? I mean, could something I haven't seen before. Right. I also find it a little bit hard to believe that no examples were given of regurgitation during the negotiation process. Convenient, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I find that interesting. My best guess, completely uneducated. Right. right. This is all speculation. This is all it, just us chatting. My, my best guess is that the New York Times wanted too much money and also too many changes to chat GPT. Yeah. And between both demands, OpenAI and Microsoft are like, thanks, but no thanks. I, I think also the way that my brain is going is that they wanted some type of compensation 
for the all like the the current use of their information the yes. the use the past use of their information the pandora's box that's already open yes the yeah. one where i laughed and said like you're already using my stolen data right that's like somebody stealing your car and then saying oh well i'll i'll pay you for the use of it going forward yeah. and you're like you've had it for 2 years Right. Like I've been, you know, I want to be compensated for the loss of use and you're taking it for the last two years. Right. And they're like, nah, we're just going to go forward with it. We're going to forget about that. Nah, dude, that's not how that works. Yeah. That has to be some type of I'll let a judge or a jury do the math on that if I have to. Like, right. Because it's pretty cut and dry. It is pretty cut and dry. So, but yeah, they, they just, they put up this blog post, by the way, on January 8th. So I, I not like remiss too much and too many days behind and seeing it, but also they haven't actually filed a, a reply in the legal sense. It's yeah. not due yet. So I wouldn't expect them to have replied. Oh, I, I fully expect it won't even be a reply. It'll be a motion to dismiss the lawsuit first. Then they'll, then file they'll an file. answer yeah, when the court exactly. orders them to. Right. So I don't what see I this. Do. Uh, yeah, but I don't see this happening in a motion to dismiss. I don't see this. No, but they have to try. Of course they have to try because they're lawyers and that's what you do. But yeah, there's no way we're going to see anything substantive up, you know, from them for a little for a while. while. Yeah. Uh, I think that their motion to dismiss is going to have a lot of the themes that are in this blog post, mm-hmm. which strategically speaking is not very smart, I don't think, to put out. To let the New York Times know what you're thinking uh, until it's necessary for them to know what you're thinking. That's just from a legal strategy point of view. But there have been a lot of missteps here in terms of like, it. yeah, I almost feel like nobody even consulted legal. They were like, oh, my God, let's just build our own AI (laughs) platform. (laughs) And then they did it without any sort of thought about the, the complications or the repercussions. Yeah. I mean, some some of the other lawsuits that are open are, are just, they're almost comical, right? In terms of some of the facts, like Getty Images yeah, is the plaintiff in one case. And they have, as part of their claims, something that has really upset them is the brand dilution and the... Yeah, uh, the reputation besmirching that comes from some of these images that get created when their licensed photos get stolen and worked into some of these composite images that AI is generating. Yeah, especially when, and this is the kicker, the Getty images watermark is left on the Getty images that are stolen. And yeah. so you have these composite AI images out there in the ether that people are posting, you know, on social and using God only knows where for what, whatever purposes. And it's like, whatever the images, there's a portion of it and you can literally see the Getty images watermark on it. Right. Which is obviously not a Getty image. Right. But it, it's just one section of the composite, right? Like right. it's, I don't know, some dude's six pack abs or something. I don't know. Or like the beach background (laughs) behind a mermaid or something. Right. Like it's just. (sighs) Yeah. And and the, the consumer confusion that results when somebody who perhaps 
uses Getty images, licenses their photos for any purpose, editorial use, print yeah. use. Uh, you know, in, in our world, it wouldn't be out of the question for somebody to go pay for a Getty license to, to use a book cover, to do a book cover or something like that. Right. Right. Or, you know, any sort of marketing art. This is graphics. And the, the damages to Getty's reputation as a business. Oh, yeah. When their branding is showing up out there on these monstrosities that are computer generated. It's terrible. Uh-huh. I think there's a couple more things to mention. One being that uh, apparently I'm, I'm looking through so some more information. Yeah. And I have found uh, that OpenAI has offered some media firms as little as between 1 million and 5 million annually to license news articles for use in training its large language models. Get the fuck out of here. Get the, like. So that we were just talking about, like I was asking what were, what were the negotiations? I, that this was, isn't Don Draper's internet. It's 2024. Gas is $3 a gallon. You're giving people a million dollars? That's it. You can can't you imagine, retire on a million dollars. Can you imagine OpenAI offering the New York Times a million dollars a year for its large, for its its data? A, a, a billion maybe, but a, not a yeah. million. I, like, I would laugh in their face, which is also probably why the lawsuit was filed. Uh, because if that's where their negotiations were at, I can imagine they were very, very far apart. I have no words. Yeah. Like I, I found that nugget and I was like, oh, I, I gotta, I gotta update this. Cause that's but insane. suddenly seeing how negotiations fell apart. Like, yeah. I, I see it now. Crystal clear. The other thing that I find interesting is their whole regurgitation. I'm thinking about this more as we're, yeah. we're talking yeah. They're talking about how, oh, well, I'm just using the other articles that I've, you know, the language, mo- I, the language modical- module is just using other information I found on the internet. And they're the ones that stole your data, right? And that took it from behind the paywall. Right. That doesn't make it right, my friend. Like, it doesn't, that, so you stole stolen data and you're using that as your defense? You can't have your kidney back because I didn't. I bought it from somebody who did the stealing from you. Right. Like, what? I stole it from the guy who stole it from you. I bought it from the guy who stole it from you. Well, or that. Doesn't matter. It's still stolen. It's still stolen. (laughs) We have some ethical issues in the tech world, y'all. We have some, like, tech tech needs an ethics re... Mm. They need ethics. Period. (laughs) Yeah. Like Period. that doesn't absolve you of liability by saying that your data modules found it somewhere else on the internet from somebody else who yeah. stole it from you. Right. Well, and that's essentially what happened in it, allegedly what happened in the case where Meta is the defendant is that they acquired the data legally or otherwise right. from places where the data is collected illegally by individual internet users yeah. who upload pirated Films, books, everything. So you can't have other minions, if you will, out doing your dirty work for you and then take it from them and say, oh, it's all good. I don't know where I got it from. Or, you know, like, that's not how this works. That's just. At least that's not how it's supposed to work. That I can't imagine that's going to make it into the final argument because that is a batshit legal theory that is not Mm -hmm. going to. That's going to drop like a lead balloon. 
I don't know. There's some pretty crazy legal arguments being made out there oh, well, in the public eye these days. I, I know. Apparently, I, I feel some days like my law degree means nothing because you can just say anything <laughs> just these pull days. Pull it down off the wall and yeah. light it on fire. <laughs> it, it just means shit these days. It's like what? Some of these, some of these arguments I hear. Yeah, I know. In the and, news. And that's- that's to say nothing of all the times I've wanted to like burn it myself because well, yeah. of you. <laughs> for a whole so, host of reasons, everything from making a murderer to like my own personal oh my frustrations God. practicing law. But yes, right, yeah, it's just wild, mm-hmm. just wild. So if that's the precursor, if that's the if that's the teaser we just received, right? Oh God, I wow, wow, yeah. There's just so much. You know, it's interesting. And I don't know what your conversations have been like with authors lately, but I've had more and more authors approach me to let me know that they, generally speaking, in our partnerships with us, would prefer if I just did not rely on AI for anything related to their brands because they don't yeah. want to be associated with or involved in it. And for reasons like this, I completely understand. Right. And I think the problem right now is that you don't know. It's very hard to tell what's ethical and what's not ethical. Sure. We're, I think that's the issue. We're setting that precedent now and establishing those standards, which maybe we should have done preventatively before we launched the applications. But here we are, guys. Here we are. And I, I've had some cl- conversations with clients and I've assured them, I mean, we do not use AI in any substantive, substantive way. Mm-hmm. substantive substantive way <laughs> that uh would you know affect their brands like so if we're looking for an image right to, to use as a graphic i'm not looking for an ai image i'm not creating an image I using never ai use an image that i haven't already licensed or that the author right. hasn't already licensed in some capacity correct period. and i'm you know same way with you know other uses uh yeah. of ai I, I say not in every so I use like predictive text or predictive yeah. email or things like that. That is and that is AI, friends. That is AI. Uh, we're just very used to it. I will sometimes take a blurb and then let Facebook's ad manager, yeah, text predictor thing like suggest alternate ways to like get people to click on an ad using your blurb. But beyond the, that, beyond that, no. No, very because, limited uses, right? And so you gotta, you have to be careful. You have to make sure that what you're using is appropriate. Yeah. And as a creator just, yourself, you need to be careful not to hurt other creators by taking right. things that came to you through those black market back channels. Like, there's I a paid lot for of, it. I just paid somebody who stole it. Yeah. There's a lot of murky area with AI though. For sure. And I will, so I'm going to talk about something that I think is very murky right now that I can't, I don't know. Let's talk this out. Yeah. So AI narration, (gasps) AI narration, there's a whole hubbub about AI narration. Just had a conversation about it on Friday. And I am, I, I am not in as much hate about AI narration as other forms of AI. Yeah. Simply because you are supplying the data set to be used Mm -hmm. and then the AI is 
then taking your data that you submitted and performing, and it. performing it. Are they performing it well? No, probably not. Will it get better? Probably. But that already exists in so many different ways mm-hmm. that are unobjectionable. Like people don't object to those ways. But somehow because we put AI in front of it, it's now become very hot topic. I think that AI, that narrators, like human narrators, are always going to do the best job because you can 100% not – you know, get that, that human feel to a story that, that a human gives no matter the best AI narration. So I don't think that that's necessarily the same. I I don't know. I don't see it in the same way as I do other forms of AI because you are supplying the data, right? It is your data that you're supplying. And the question is, where do they get their voices from? But there's a lot of legal and ethical ways that the voices have been obtained over the years. Amazon, for example. Yeah, that's a good point. If you can be certain that the voice itself has been generated in an ethical way and that the the human beings who contributed to the creation of that were compensated fairly. Or at least signed a waiver, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) But there's an appropriate license agreement in place and that contractually everybody came to terms and, and made fully informed decisions about their contributions, right? And their mm-hmm. compensation or lack of compensation for those contributions, depending on what the agreement says. Like in a situation where all the humans are fully informed and nobody has been stolen from, you're probably right. It's probably not really an issue ethically or morally, but there is also, and this is something I love about the little corner of the indie publishing world that we inhabit in Romance Landia. Yeah. A very pro human creation mentality for the most part. I would say the yeah. majority of folks in Romance Landia are just very much pro <clears throat> the human touch, right? Absolutely. And I, I just think that for for some authors it will never be the right move. For some uh, authors right. it'll be a perfectly perfectly valid choice right and for others it just is not something that they can do yeah i think that that's one of those things that is going to have to be decided you know per Mm -hmm. your brand yep um and i don't think that you should be blacklisted or whatever listen i don't think you should be you know thrown on as as a pariah in the industry Mm -hmm. if you choose to use ai narration if it's been done like we said ethically right um and appropriately because I also think, I don't know, I think it's a, this, this is, okay. I think it comes from a place of privilege mm. for some authors to say, oh, just wait until you have the money to be able to make that's, AI, to be able to make human narration. That's, I don't that's think girl you, boss gatekeeping bullshit right there is yeah. what that is. That, Nar- that's wait until you are at a completely different level in your career right. to try and prove progress and and build something and audiobooks are insanely expensive to produce by human voice and so if there is a cheaper alternative albeit not as good uh but if there is an alternative that allows an author to 
create, you know, do get their books out there in a different format. And as long as it's done ethically, this is where we're always talking about ethics here, friends. For sure. But I haven't seen examples. I, I haven't seen where, you know, different AI narration programs have stolen voices. Now, right. if you're getting a book and you're getting it like if the AI narration is going to put it in some celebrity's voice, right? Like that's obviously stolen. That's not mm-hmm. okay. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about just a generic, you know, voice that of, of which there are plenty of choose from already that already exist that yeah. are fine to use. So I just, I don't know. There's, there's a whole gatekeeping element to it. There's a, there's a place of privilege element for sure to it that really, you know, blocks off a whole group of people from even being able to enter into audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think about it from a consumer perspective, a reader side where there's a whole group of people who are disabled and can't, they're already using voice to text or text to voice. Right. Yeah on their Amazon Kindles, is that not AI narration? I mean, it's done poorly. This will be done a little bit better. See what I'm saying? Like, where's the line? You're not wrong. The computer is literally reading the words for them. Like, you're right. The computer is reading the words to them so that they can now access this book Mm -hmm. that they otherwise wouldn't have had access to. Absolutely. And so if it's just done in the format that it's supposed to be, I bet it'd be a little less clunky for them. For sure. Experience wise. Well, and if nothing else, then AI hopefully provides sooner rather than later vast improvements on the experience for visually impaired readers, right? Right. And and you're you're absolutely correct. Opens a potentially much more affordable avenue for authors to publish audio versions of all of their books. And the, you know, are they going to be done well again? Maybe not. They're not going to be the human element. You're going to miss the human element. Right. But if that's not the point, if that's not what you care about, then, and you're fine accepting a a lesser, you know, quality Mm -hmm. title. I do think that it should be easier for consumers, though, to be able to identify what is AI narration and what is a human voice narration title. That needs to be made super clear because a reader should be able to understand what they're getting. Absolutely. As a consumer, I want to know if I'm supporting an artist or if I'm supporting an assembly line production situation. Right. Or, and also for my experience level, I need to have my ex- expectations calibrated when I'm going into well, this. Th- there's a reason that certain narrators are in such high demand because Correct. their individual performances are just so stellar. They've set themselves out apart from all of the other available narrators out there because they perform so well and they are so good at what they do. Right. You know, and I can see when an audiobook has been narrated by one of those voice actors. Right. And I enjoy nice, it. I enjoy it more. It's nice to know when considering making a purchase if this one's being voice acted by AI. Right. That that I think is super important and is not currently being done. So yeah. I think that that should be definitely adjusted. Right. But the stigma but, around using AI is going to have to 
collectively be addressed in order for authors to start voluntarily doing that. Right. Or audio platforms are going to have to mandate it, that you have to disclose it. And I, I doubt yeah. that they will. I doubt that they will too. It's just, I, I feel like people are saying like all AI is bad forever mm-hmm. and ever. Amen. And I just want to be clear that that's not what either of us are saying. Yeah. There are going to be uses for this technology that are wonderful. And they can be fantastic for the publishing industry, for society at large. Yes. But it there need to be regulations on it. Yeah. It's like, you know, when, when cars first came about, you know, <laughs> like, no, for real. You didn't have to have a license. You, there were no requirements. There right. were no street safety. rules. There were no, n- safety, no safety mechanisms within or without the cars themselves. Right. And people, a lot of people died <laughs> because there were there was no drinking and driving yeah. regulations. There was there was yeah. nothing. So people just literally got into these death machines well, hell, and if, drove if, all over the place. If you That's ask where anybody, we're at now. If you ask anybody who who is a little bit conservative what they think of Ralph Nader, you're going to get a, a, an earful of the 70s and seatbelts and, right. you know, my freedoms. But like, seatbelts save lives. Seatbelts save lives. And regulations on AI are going to save artists. Yeah. And 100%. humans. And that's what we need. We need to ensure that all AI creation is done ethically and legally. Well, that's all. W- that's what we need to be doing. Yes. But will we? I have a lot of doubts because a lot the of power doubt. in this particular situation, the power and the money is concentrated on the tech side of the scales. And yeah, I also all of, all of the really moneyed interests who can lobby our politicians are, are the people who are stealing from others and yeah. just having a heyday with their their new tech pets. So, well, to talk about the money briefly for a second, because yes. we've been yes, chatting yes. about this for an hour now. Um, if you're still oh my with God, us. If you're still with us. <laughs> Thank you. But OpenAI was originally funded with a billion dollars from, you know, the Elon Elon Musk was one of them, you know. A, with a B, not an M? A B. A B. She did it really take that much? A billion dollars. And it was created initially as a nonprofit. It was, those were donated funds to a nonprofit from the billionaires and millionaires of the world, right? The high, the, the Uber, Uber wealthy. Yes. yes. Uh, in order to create this venture for the good of society. Okay. That's what it was initially touted as. And then that was short lived. Kind of Bruce Wayne Batman shit is it this? truly like, is that like literally within like two years of OpenAI's creation that nonprofit shenanery was dropped and they became a for profit company and started going to different funding rounds with right. investors who expected a return. I always appreciate when the masks come off and we can oh, actually yeah. get down to business about what our motivations really are because yeah, it took like two years, right. So it, we need to, I think that motivations are part of the discussion here for sure that we can say that this was all altruistic to help society. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Okay. You did this as a tax write-off. <laughs> 110%. And then once you got the write-offs, yeah. you decided to switch gears and go for profit. Or, and it. go for profit. 
Absolutely. You know, the other problem we're going to have with all of this is the fact that our current leadership across the board, entirely too old to even understand this technology, never mind guide us through how to safely regulate it for our society. Oh, that Congress hearing about Facebook ads. I was, I was pounding my head into the table. I could not even the TikTok hearing. Oh, Uh It was painful, yeah. painful to watch. We're not, we're not done having those conversations as a no. society. We, we are no. not because there are people out there who would do whatever it takes to limit some of this stuff. And there are people out there who would do whatever it takes to continue lining their pockets with donations from the companies Yeah, who we do need to maybe regulate a little bit. That regulation is not necessarily a bad thing. Overregulation is a bad thing. But there is a balance there. There's there's a lovely balance that allows for the creativity to flow and also keeps people safe and livelihoods intact. And right. that's that's the whole goal right. for society. That's not yeah. the I wouldn't say that's the goal for the open AI folks. No. <laughs> I wouldn't say. Or people not, like them. Not even a little bit. No. Not even a little bit. No. Yeah. But people who don't understand tech have no business making the rules about it. Oh, God. Just for that goes for everything. Not 100%. 100%. I mean, if and you don't understand it. That's all sides of the aisle. That's left, middle, and right. Like, yeah. they're just too many. Too... Yeah, we're going to get on our high horse now. Listen, I, <laughs> listen, I love I love me some silent generation. My dad is one. He's 80 years old. But his he and his contemporaries have no business being leaders in this country anymore none of them yeah period we need we need people retirements for all i i (laughs) that's a different podcast it's a different podcast (laughs) but it does touch on the topic that we're talking about for sure because when people are making the rules and thus the regulations that i'm discussing we need yeah I would love for regulations to be made, but the people that are going to be making them don't understand the technology. Right. They they wouldn't even understand this podcast that we just chatted about that yes. you guys that the people listening, I hope, understand and understand. Right. So you should feel smarter um than <laughs> your congressperson, because then- you probably are. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Absolutely. And on that high note. <laughs> I think that we've talked about this enough for now, but we'll keep bringing back updates about AI and what's happening in these lawsuits because these are important things to talk about. They affect us as a society. They affect the publishing industry for sure. And they're, yeah, they're going to affect all of us in our daily lives. Well, and, and depending on whether they settle or they end up going to juries or, you know, judges for final arbitration and, and decision-making, a lot of what will happen next in, in terms of what you have access to and your ability to utilize AI in your businesses will probably be impacted by these decisions in one way, shape, or another. Exactly. So keep it here for more AI news. <laughs> so an, an occasional political rant. Yeah, right. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>